Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back. So glad you joined us today for our brand new episode of Everyday Truth. We're in Jeremiah chapter number 15, and I do have a postcard today, how to reach for it, uh, but this is one of those cool wooden postcards, and this was sent to me by uh, my friends Chris and Kristen uh, Vestal. I've known them for many, many years, and they serve uh, there at Grandview Baptist Church in the great Pacific Northwest, which is what the postcard says, and they are two of the kindest, most hardworking, faithful servants of God that I have ever met. And so thank you for sending the uh, wooden postcard uh, along the way. Helps me to remember you and remember uh, just uh, what an encouragement you are to me. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 15, we uh, got through verse number four uh, last episode talked about the influence of one person upon future generations. And we specifically talked about Manasseh and the negative influence that he had upon a nation that ultimately went into captivity in large part because of him and because of what he had brought into the culture of Judah, how his dad, Hezekiah, had been so careful to turn the people back to God and how Manasseh had received such great opportunity and yet had undone everything his good dad had done. We talked about it yesterday. Look at verse number five. For, for who shall have pity, the Bible says, upon thee, O Jerusalem? Who shall bemoan thee? Or who shall go aside to ask how thou doest? Think about those rhetorical questions, all of which are answered by the word no, no one at all. And God is asking the question, Jerusalem, who's going to care? Who's going to be sorry? Who's going to cry? Who's going to ask how you're doing? We would say today, who's going to go to your funeral? Who's going to visit your widow? Who's going to visit you in the hospital? You have nobody. And the irony here is that God should have been their everything. And God had been the one that had been there all during her history and loved them. And yet they had rejected the one faithful one, God. They had chosen all of the unfaithful things, these false gods and these other human alliances. And when all of that came crashing down, they had nobody. What a sad thing that sin leaves us lonely. Verse number six, thou hast forsaken me, the Lord says, saith the Lord, thou art gone backward. Therefore, I will stretch out my hand against thee and destroy thee. I am weary with repenting. So don't, don't look at this as a judgment verse, like I'm going to get you now. I'm going to judge you now. And while that is true in time and space, understand what the Lord is saying. The Lord is saying, I have 
given you chance after chance after chance after chance. I've given you another opportunity, another opportunity, and I'm done. I am weary with repenting. I'm tired. Now, obviously, can we wear God out in the sense of wear out his omnipotence? Uh, Can we change God's mind in the sense of, you know, what God intends to do? No, and there's a big theological debate about all that anyway. The point here is that God is speaking in in very human tones and saying, man, you're wearing me out. And I'm tired of giving you a million chances. And you have overstepped your bounds so far. And you're heading in the wrong direction, even though I've told you umpteen times. That's the heart of this verse. Verse number six Thou hast forsaken me, we just read that, verse number seven, and I will fan them, God says. I will fan them with a fan in the gates of the land. I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people since they return not from their ways. When the Bible talks about I will fan them, uh, that referred to the process of using a fan to separate the chaff from the grain so sometimes if there was threshing and there wasn't a, uh, a heavy wind to do the job naturally, then they would use a big fan, a winnowing fan that would blow away the chaff and the, it would scatter and the, the grain would remain. So the point here is God said, I'm going to scatter you. That, that's the idea behind the metaphor. I will scatter you. And what's that a reference to? That's a reference to the captivity, the Babylonian captivity. And so when the Bible says, I will fan them with a fan in the gates of the land, I will bereave them of children. God said, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, the the population is going to see the results of my judgment for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, people are going to die. Uh, Number two, people aren't going to be marrying and giving in marriage because it's going to be a time of famine, a time of judgment. And so uh, there will be a natural effect upon the population itself. This is going to affect the entire nation generationally. Look at verse number eight. Their widows are increased to me above the sand of the seas. Well, when are widows increased? Widows increased when men go to war. Widows are increased when young men especially go to war. And so here, God's and their husbands obviously go to war. And, and widows will be increased as the sand to the sea. This will be normal. There will be widows everywhere, young widows. Verse number eight I have brought upon them against the mother of the young men a spoiler at noonday. Judgment is coming, and it's coming in the middle of their life. We would expect for death to come at the end of our life, in the sunset years, in the dark night years of our life. But no, this will happen at noonday. I have caused him to fall upon it suddenly, terrors upon the city. I mean, this is imminent. Jerusalem's going to fall. It's going to happen. There's going to be death and sorrow and, and widows and all of it. And people that live are going to be scattered like the chaff is scattered when the winnowing fan blows. Verse number nine, she that hath borne seven languishes. Think about it. Seven is the number of completion or perfection in the Bible. And so this is kind of a saying, you know, she hath borne seven, which 
in regular language, if we said a woman has born seven children or seven sons, but what a blessing that is. That would be a sign of God's manifold blessing in a person's life. But the Bible says, she that hath born seven languisheth. She hath given up the ghost. Her son is gone down while it was yet day. She hath been ashamed and confounded. And the residue of them will I deliver to the sword before their enemies, saith the Lord. It's going to be a day of sadness and death and calamity and captivity. And so women that have children, aren't. it won't be a blessing. It'll be a curse. Why? Because she'll lose those children. Those children will be lost as victims in the war, either to death or to captivity. And so the more children you have, the greater sorrow will increase in your life. Things that should have been blessings will actually become means for sorrow. That's what sin does. Sin demoralizes and defeats and 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 it affects everything. And the, here is a people whom God wanted to bless. Here are a people who had the promises and the blessings of God. They had God himself. And God had blessed them in ways that they did not deserve. And yet all of these blessings would turn into sorrows because of their bad choices. Verse number 10 Woe is me, my mother, that thou hast borne me a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. Now, what's very interesting about verse 10 is that this is the lament of Jeremiah. So in the middle of all of this judgment of the Lord, all of this pronouncement of why there would be sorrow in the land and the carnage and the death and the captivity and all of the things we've been talking about, in the middle of all this, Jeremiah himself speaks up. And Jeremiah just speaks with great sorrow and and great depression. And, And watch the wording that Jeremiah chooses in verse number 10. Woe is me, my mother, that thou hast borne me a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. But how, how awful, mother, that you bore me. Better it would have been if I had never been born. This is what Job said, by the way, because my whole life is just full of trouble. It seems like I've been brought into this earth just to cause contention and strife. Like everywhere I go, I feel like I am the, the party pooper. Everywhere I go, it, it feels as if I'm the one that that is negative. I'm against everybody. and it, But it really wasn't Jeremiah that was against them. It was Jeremiah that was a champion for the truth. And because they were so antithetical to everything that was true, it just seemed as if Jeremiah was always in an opposing position. Watch what he goes on to say in verse number 10. I have neither lent on usury, nor men have lent to me on usury. So what, what, what does that have to do with anything? Jeremiah said, hey, I've not loaned out money uh, to make interest, and I've not borrowed money uh, for interest. I, I've paid my bills. I've not been involved in this game of taking advantage of people financially. Why would Jeremiah bring this up? Well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's, it was one of the indictments that God had made upon all the people. Remember several chapters ago when God outlined what they were 
what, 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 what characterized their sin. Remember, Jeremiah stood at the gate of the temple and he was just preaching that message. And in that message, he told the people, you are taking advantage of each other, everybody. Everybody's greedy, the old old and the young, the rich and the poor, uh, the people with high status and low status. Everybody's out to take advantage of everybody else. And what Jeremiah said is, woe to my mother who bore me, because I'm just in a position where I'm against everybody, but there's no good reason for it, is what Jeremiah's saying. I've not played the game. I've not been taking advantage of people. I've paid my bills. I've treated people right. I've not been involved in and in, in the besetting sin of the age, which is to use people as a commodity in that sense. Watch what he ends saying in verse number 10. I have neither lent on usury, nor men have lent to me on usury, yet every one of them doth curse me. So think about what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah says, it's just probably better off that I was never born. I feel sorry for my mom. Because I'm just this guy that everyone hates, and for no good reason. I try to do good. I've tried to be fair. I've tried to live right. I've not taken advantage of people. And yet everywhere I go, they just curse me. Well, what a life for Jeremiah to live. For 40 years, he ministered, faithfully preaching and teaching, doing what God told him to do, and never really seeing any measure of success. Things got worse and worse and worse. We can't find our satisfaction, my friends, in results. Sometimes good things happen, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes there's great stories of victory, but sometimes there's not. Sometimes God saves at the last minute, like Daniel in the lion's den, or the Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. Sometimes John the Baptist and Paul, sometimes they're beheaded. Sometimes Stephen is stoned to death. The point is not the result of living a true life. The point is living a true life and answering ultimately to God. Even God's righteous servants can get to a place of depression. And here in this verse, Jeremiah is just lamenting almost saying it's not fair, even saying, I really feel lonely. And yet God, God honored this man, didn't he? Remember last episode? Even Moses and Samuel couldn't have made a difference here. Jeremiah, it's not you. You just be faithful and let God be God. That's where we'll stop today in verse number 10. We'll come back to verse number 11 next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.